Welcome to our backyard. This is the Backyard Philosophy Podcast. We are two friends having a discussion after everyone else has passed out or gone to bed. Grab a drink and listen as we discuss everything from automation, space exploration, and why the meaning of life is 42. What do you get when you mix the Russian military and Pepsi? You get an army nobody saw coming. And I do mean nobody. And talk about a whole new meaning to the phrase of the Cola Wars. But before I get into how Pepsi was once one of the largest armies in the world, Nick, how are you and what are you drinking? Well, I'm very confused and I'm drinking Coors Light. So I'm about normal. (laughs) I should be drinking vodka for this because the Russians, but I'm drinking some native whiskey, which tastes so good because, in fact, you bought it for me. Well, the best whiskey is the best alcohol is the kind you don't have to pay for. Agreed. But let me set the stage for you. It begins in 1959. It's during the Cold War between the Soviets and the Americans. And Richard Nixon, oh yes, he's back again, is the vice president of the United States. Nikita Khrushchev is a Soviet leader coming to America as a diplomat. And Donald M. Kendall a representative from Pepsi. Now, with our main characters, we move on. So the first time in 1959, during the Cold War, there is a showcase of cultures between the United States and the Russians. An event, a kind of an ensemble to show how the other half lives. This event was in the summer of 1959, in which the Americans showed the quote-unquote traditional American household. Granted, I would wager that they kind of upsold it a little bit, and the Russians did the same. Kind of uh, show how the other half lives to the country-to-country kind of version. And But this was the very first time where Russian people got to see how the American lives. So the Americans, with their gadget-filled world, their world of capitalism, how they truly live, toasters, microwaves, etc., etc., dishwashers. I imagine... Seeing a microwave for the first time has got to be kind of a big deal. But the night before the event where Richard Nixon, the vice president, met with the Russian diplomat, a Donald Kennold, a representative for Pepsi, had a discussion with Richard Nixon. And the discussion pretty much happened was, quote-unquote, insisted that Richard Nixon made Khrushchev drink Pepsi. I am very curious how Kendall pulled that one off. But he did, and only history will ever know. But during the event, after, you know, they're going through, seeing the household, seeing the bedroom, stuff like that, Nixon Khrushchev debated which their country was better, you know? Was having more technology really good? Was having less technology, more hardship, more appreciation for the small things really good? The benefits to each country had to offer. This debate would be named in history as the kitchen debate. During slash after this kitchen debate, Nixon very slyly offered Khrushchev a Pepsi. And boy, was it love at first sip. Khrushchev and his entourage, his security, his other assistants, representatives, absolutely adored Pepsi. And this is important because this expedition was not just showing off different cultures. It would eventually open up the market to many U.S. companies in Russia. Companies like Disney and IBM. 
But Khrushchev fell in love with Pepsi. And with Pepsi on the mind, the Russians, the Russians wanted it. And they wanted it everywhere in their country. Pepsi and the Soviet Union would eventually go into negotiations for contracts in 1972. Granted, it's a little more than a dec- more than two decades later, but hey, two decades later and you're still thinking about Pepsi, you know, you want it. Eventually, this deal completely locked out Coca-Cola from entering the Soviet Union, and it was a Pepsi-only deal. There are some problems with Pepsi entering the Russian market. One being this was the first capitalist country to sell and enter the Soviet market, so that meant how to get money for it. The Russian form of payment was the ruble. And, of course, the ruble at this time was controlled by the Russian government. Kind of makes it up for debate on how much a ruble is actually worth. But capitalism being capitalism, any problem can be solved. And thus came a solution. Pepsi and Russia came up with the genius trade system. And, Nick, you want to guess what it is? Let me give you a hint. It's not military equipment, even though I mentioned military in the beginning. What else is Russia known for? Is it vodka? Bingo, bingo. Russians and Pepsi came up with a great trade. Pepsi for vodka. And for years, this trade for vodka for Pepsi was fantastic. Profit for both worked well and sales went through the roof. Russian people were drinking approximately a billion servings of Pepsi of the year. And boy, was Pepsi making a lot of money for selling Russian vodka. This deal, this fantastic trade of Pepsi for vodka, kept going on until about the 1980s, where the Russian government invaded Afghanistan, and in turn, the United States boycotted all Soviet products products in protest of the Russians invading the country. That, unfortunately, included vodka for the Pepsi. Well, there goes a good deal with Pepsi in Russia, but we can maybe train some things around. But besides vodka, what else is Russia known for, Nick? And reminder, this is the Cold War era. Uh, is it something involving the space race? Not quite, but... In the end, it is technology. In the end, it's military equipment. Russia, during the Cold War, has lots and lots and lots of military equipment. So naturally, if you're Pepsi and you can't get vodka anymore, and the Russians just offer you military equipment, of course, you got to say yes, right? So a new deal was struck. Pepsi for your country for an entire navy. That's right, an entire navy. The Russians paid Pepsi about $3 billion worth of military equipment. And at this time, $3 billion of military equipment is 17 submarines, a cruiser, a frigate, and a destroyer. Pepsi was locked and loaded and nearly overnight became the sixth largest army in the world. And just as a poke for fun, because... I tend to like Kendall, the guy who set up Nixon to say, hey, force the Russian diplomat to drink Pepsi. He said this quote of, we are disarming the USSR faster than you. Talk about a true gloat at the U.S. Army. But Nick, if you were just giving 17 submarines, a cruiser, a frigate, and destroyer, what would you do? First off, I want to say, I think it's hilarious that, so we had the United States 
has the largest military, or the second largest collection of military weapons or, or rifles. The, the U.S. population that hunts and owns rifles dwarfs most other nations' military. And then our Cola company has one of the six largest navies. Well, I imagine it's even larger than their navy. I imagine there's some Klishkinovs voted in, but the only thing that really popped up was 17 submarines, a cruiser, a frigate, and a destroyer. The amount of work you could do with just those alone, like 17 submarines, Nick, can you imagine? I can imagine quite a lot. Yeah, I don't... You'd have to keep one, right? Like, Pepsi had to keep one of those submarines. How do you? How often do you get to buy a submarine? Well, Nick, out of curiosity, what do you think Pepsi did with their newfound navy? Uh, they probably turned it around and sold it to India or a Middle Eastern country. Not exactly. Rather than make the Cold War a very interesting Cold War, or just completely having fun with the Navy. Granted, I could think of a lot of fun ways to have fun with all their vessels. Pepsi, unfortunately, did the responsible thing. Or, quote-unquote, responsible thing. Pepsi took their entire Navy fleet to a Swedish company. And no, they didn't invade Sweden. Even though it had been hilarious if Pepsi invaded Sweden. No, they, they took it to a Swedish company to turn their entire Navy into scrap metal. At one point, they were thinking of, how do we fuck with Coke? We have we have a Navy and they don't. <laughs> what are we going to do? You can't forget that they completely locked out Coca-Cola from ever entering the Soviet Union during this time. And now you have, again, I can't alliterate on how ridiculous this is. 17 submarines, a cruiser, a frigate, and a destroyer for selling Pepsi. And you have the six largest military in the world for selling pepsi but unfortunately after they sold it all the scrap metal the 1990s rolled around and for those who don't know history soviet union kind of was falling apart during the 1990s and as the soviet union began to fall it opened door for other companies like other soda drinks the monopoly in the reign of pepsi in russia ended and boy was it a good reign Talk about Russians loving Pepsi, a population that would drink about $3 billion worth of Pepsi a year, completely over. And Nick, I have a question for you. If you had an employee who was able to convince Richard Nixon, the vice president at this time, to convince Russian diplomats to drink your product, then open the market for your product into Russia and your product alone, then make huge profits by selling Pepsi for vodka, then make your company one of the strongest militaries world at the time. Would you give this man a raise or a promotion? What, what, what would you give this man? Um, maybe a submarine. <laughs> well, Pepsi. Um, did he get fired? No. Uh, luckily, Pepsi was not dumb. They did not give him a submarine, unfortunately. Though that would be the best pay bonus ever. They made Donald M. Kennel CEO of Pepsi. And now, Nick, you know how Pepsi. Open the market to Russia, not just for Coca-Cola, but for all other companies, not just Soviet control companies. Then sold Pepsi for vodka because the ruble at this time was worthless. And nearly overnight became one of the most powerful militaries in the world because you traded soda for submarines. That is 
God bless capitalism. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I love every part of that story. <laughs> but now you know how Pepsi became the sixth largest military in the world for a short time overnight simply because they couldn't buy vodka anymore. Thank you all for listening. Thanks for listening to the Backyard Philosophy Podcast. We rarely finish a podcast without missing a point we wanted to bring up, so let us know what we forgot. And if you have a topic you want us to talk about, let us know at Backyard Philosophy on Instagram and Backyard Philosophy Podcast on Facebook.